Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm, how I keep things simple in our homeschool, or you'll hear a lot about Jesus, because I truly believe that the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we will naturally desire the things of this world and the easier it will be to simplify. So before we get started, I wanted to thank our podcast sponsor, Apologia. Apologia has um, wonderful resources for the Christian family. If you're a homeschooler, you'll be familiar with all of their wonderful homeschooling curriculum. In fact, we're excited this year to be using their new health and nutrition uh, curriculum. We're using their science curriculum. They have many resources out there. So check them out. They have lots of back to school specials going on right now. So please visit them at apologia.com. Today, we actually are going to tackle a homeschool topic, and I better get my tissues out for this one. No, I don't know if I'll cry, but um, today I'm going to talk about 13 years. We're starting our 13th year of homeschooling, and I'm kind of kicking and screaming. Isn't that funny? I'm kind of fighting starting it. And if you read the blog this week, I kind of talked about it a little bit, but it hit me. It hit me this week that this is it for my oldest. She's starting her 13th year and um, there's no do-overs, right? So I was saying that on the blog this week that it's a very strange feeling to be getting her curriculum together and planning and thinking, this is it. It's not like, oh, well, if this, you know, history book doesn't work out, we'll try something new next year. I was like, there is no next year. So as much as we're kind of ready to get the school year started, I'm not. Like, I feel like I don't want to because that's it. That's her last first day even though we don't really do a first day. We sort of do a soft transition into school. We've started a little bit, although she hasn't technically started because she was studying for the SAT, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit. She took that on Saturday. You're going to hear all of my feelings about that in a few minutes. Um, and so that was her schoolwork really for like the past summer, you know, all her free time was like prepare for that SAT. And then, um, she's been working, uh, in the mornings and then uh, at a job. And then she has been uh, coming home and working on a college essay. So that's her school right now. But um, so there, we don't really technically do like a first day anymore. I stopped doing that a few years ago. And I have to say it was wonderful for me because you all know I love summer. I'm, I'm such a summer girl. And I would always get sad like the night, you know, before school started, I'd be like, summer's over. And uh, there was this huge like stop and start, I felt like. And it's much more natural for all of us and an easier transition for all of us to sort of just at the end of August start, you know, every day, let's look at our books, let's do a few subjects, you know, and before they know it, they're in full-blown school. So it's much easier on them and it's much easier on me. So we have been in this week starting a little bit. We had our little orientation day the other day, I call it, where I take each child and I go over all their books for the year, what they're going to be doing, what's expected of them, and, uh, you know, kind of just have an orientation. And then that day I said, okay, now pick a subject you'd like to start today. So my two youngest, actually my three youngest, have all been kind of doing a little bit of school each day. And we're starting to get back into the swing of things. But then there's... 
my oldest and uh, I don't want her to start because it's the last time even though I know I know I mean this is all part of life and I truly am happy to see her grow and thrilled to um, see her doing you know what God's created her to do he didn't create her to be a homeschooler forever right so we're fulfilling the purpose that he has called us to do but you know, with that, it does bring about a lot of emotions. And so I know this year I'll be talking a great deal about our homeschool journey um, all the time on the blog, on the podcast, wherever I am over there on social media, because it's been a big deal. And to realize that this is, you know, it's it for her. I still have the other ones (laughs) for a while yet. Uh, We have a 12th grader, 10th grader, 8th grader, and 4th grader. Um, so, you know, it's not over yet, but we're, we're getting there, right? I mean, if you ever told me we'd even see this day 12 years ago when I made 12 and a half years ago, when I made the decision to homeschool, you know, I wouldn't have believed it. Um, I won't go through the whole story now for time purposes, but it is important if you don't know our backstory, you can go listen to the link for The Unlikely Homeschooler, and I'll link to that in the webpage for this episode. But I will quickly touch on the fact that I never intended to homeschool, and it wasn't on my radar. I didn't really know anything about homeschooling until God called me to homeschool. And I truly believe that he called me and I ran from him kicking and screaming. I did not want to homeschool. And so our story is truly miraculous when I look back at it because our life has completely changed because of homeschooling and really has nothing to do with the academics, but it's completely changed our family and our faith has grown. And, you know, my ministry was birthed out of Um, our homeschooling journey, which is just amazing. All the things that have gone on in these past uh, 12 years, like I said, we're starting our 13th year. So we started in kindergarten um, and this is our 13th year of homeschooling. So things have certainly changed over the years. And if there's anything I would love to do would be to share those things with you guys so that, you know, if you're just starting out or if you're in the middle of the journey or if you're nearing, you know, the end of it, like I am, you know, just to give you some perspective and um, just to be able to say, look, I made all these mistakes, or this is what I would have done differently, or this is what worked, you know, and, and hopefully that would be an encouragement to somebody out there. So in 13 years, people ask me all the time, what method of homeschooling do you use? And um, I, I promised somebody I would I would address it in a podcast episode. So I want to address that, that over the years we have certainly changed. Um, I would definitely say we are not stuck with any one method. I wouldn't label us a method besides the fact that we follow Jesus. <laughs> um, you know, if you read my book called Home, it's all about my... Um, my uh, belief that we must follow God in everything we do. Did I always do that? No. That's why I wrote the book, uh, because I wanted to learn, you know, uh, our journey. And so, you know, that first year, I definitely followed God in the journey because, like I said, I didn't want to homeschool. I wasn't intending to homeschool. And he sort of just, you know, like an old-fashioned record player just stops and you hear that, that would be us. Like, there we were in life doing our thing. And then all of a sudden, we're going to change the record. (laughs) We're going to stop the record you're on and we're going to put a new one on and it's called homeschooling. And I was like, what? So, um, 
That first year, I definitely did follow God because I honestly didn't know anything about homeschooling. I had no clue what I was getting into. I didn't know there was curriculum out there and methods. I didn't know any of that. I went into it completely blind with a childlike faith. And really, if I could go back, I would want to keep that forever and hold on to that because I didn't listen to anybody else because I didn't know anybody else who homeschooled. I wasn't really trying to follow any ideal in my mind because I didn't have one. I truly was like, all right, God, this is what you want me to do. Now show me how to do it. And so that first year was amazing. And I was truly following him. And that's our, that was the best method I could have used. So if you want to know my method, my method I recommend is follow God. That's the homeschooling method to use. Um, because really, there's no, you don't have to be locked in to any certain way. It can change depending on your life circumstances and things like that. After that first year, I did start to discover the homeschooling world out there. The internet started to become popular. Facebook started to exist. Instagram, Pinterest, all of those things. And I fell into the trap. And I've talked about this many times. You can find many podcast episodes Um and blog articles about this very thing. So I won't get too too you know detailed into it. But I fell into the trap of trying to create this ideal homeschool that I was seeing out there in internet land. And uh, I took my eyes off of God, the one who called me to the journey, and I put them on everybody else. And so those first few years were spent floundering and were spent um, not in a good place. You know, I took my eyes off of the Lord. And so the methods that I chose then were whatever was sort of the fad at the time. Okay. So I remember the, I think it was our second year I chose like to do those work boxes because that was the big thing at the time. They told you, you could be successful if you set up 12 boxes and you filled each one. And, um, you know, the idea behind it was they would go through each box and they would, um, you know, get their task done and then go on to the next one. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that system or method or whatever. It was just that I placed my success and the value of my homeschool in the method that I was choosing rather than in the fact that God had called me to this and he would equip me and he would prepare me and he would, you know, give me the tools and the methods that I would need. Um, I kind of put all my um, faith in the system instead of God. And so my method in the first couple of years after that first year was whatever was popular at the time and whatever everybody else was doing, that was what I would do. Now, I never did get too caught up in the traditional method. I must say we were never into textbooks. We were never traditional method homeschoolers with textbooks or anything like that. We also never did online classes um, or anything like that. So as far as those methods, we never did that. I always stuck to the more loosey-goosey way. <laughs> I was never an unschooler, but we stuck to more like the Charlotte Mason. We always did artist studies and music studies and things like that early on. I do have to say, looking back, um, a lot of the things that we did in the early years were a little ambitious. I, I, My kids don't remember a lot of it. And um, not that it wasn't good to do that and expose them to it, but I think I went a little overboard some of the years. What I would do differently would be to like take it down several notches back then and take it up several notches as they got older. So I sort of, you know, overdid things early on. And then I was sort of like, you know, fighting against my own ways and got a little loosey goosey as they got older. And you know what? It should have been the other way around, really. Um, it should have been 
much more relaxed early on and then made it more formal as they get older. Now, um, my youngest one probably has benefited the most because I've learned all these lessons, but I really, he's nine now, he's going into fourth grade, and I really kept it very simple and easy going the first few years, very informal, and he is such an easy learner, he is such a, a you know easygoing student, and it's working. I see like, okay, you know, I didn't squelch his love of learning. He's really the only one who is like, never complains about doing schoolwork. But I think it's because I kept it um, much more easygoing early on for him. I learned from my mistakes. I didn't make him sit there in a schoolroom like I did for my daughter, bless her heart, because I was recreating what I knew. And when she was in kindergarten, I made her do the flag salute and uh, check outside and do the weather chart and very, you know, artificial. Whereas with my youngest now, he has a much more natural learning environment. And I see the benefit of it. Do I have regrets? I guess, but not really, because I know that, you know, our plan is God's. And, you know, anything that I might have, you know, did regretfully, or I look back on and say, mm, I did that wrong. It's part of the journey. Do I hem and haw over, haw over it? No, I just say it's part of the journey. And you know what? It is what it is. So um, definitely, you know, that's one thing that I have learned. And that is definitely how our methods have changed. Um, so let's see. How have things changed otherwise would be, um, I don't know, our curriculum, a lot of the times, there's certain subjects that have stayed very much the same. Like if we found something that worked, we just stuck with it. Um, for years and years and years, we stuck to the same math, we stuck to the same science. Um, so that didn't change too much. Now this year, I just did a live video on my Facebook page, actually, right before I started recording this podcast episode. And I showed all of our curriculum for this year. And there's a lot of things we're adding in new. Um, and it's funny, because I'm like, my daughter's a senior, and we're trying something new. <laughs> but you know, every season of life is different. And especially now that she's a senior, there's a lot of things that are not required or that she's fulfilled already, or that I feel like, hey, we don't need to be so rigorous in this because we know that she's not going to be a scientist. So, you know, there's certain things that I've learned that you can kind of give them a little bit maybe of an easier course because you realize what their interests are or what they're going to do later on. You know, it's hard going into the middle school and high school years because part of you has to follow that, um, that, uh, you know, college path if, if that's what your child is going to do. Or, you know, there's certain um, standards that have to be met and requirements that have to be met. Um, now, depending on where you live as well, it's different. For us in New Jersey, I don't have to really tell anybody or do anything. So I'm kind of fortunate in that, but yet I do try to follow the state standards. And then of course, I have to keep one eye on, well, what are we doing after high school so that we make sure we can fill the requirements in order to get into a college of their choice or whatever. So there's that. Which brings me to the lovely SAT, which we just finally took this Saturday. Now, I know most seniors take it in the spring, and we had such a busy spring and traveling and um, 
I said to my daughter that she could wait till summer because they were offering it in August so that she had more time to prepare. And it wasn't like in the middle of crazy time with, you know, she had activities going on and different things. So I think that was a little bit helpful. Now, she's not a test taker. And so partially because we were not the type of homeschoolers that did a lot of tests. Now, in high school, they did take math tests and they took science tests um, and, you know, that kind of thing. But we, we didn't do standardized tests um, because we were not required to. We did it once in our early in our years in first grade, but we didn't do it um, other years. So, you know, partially she didn't have that experience. Now, she took the PSAT last year and the environment was very difficult, she said, because it was like they took all these kids. Now, it was her and another homeschool girl, and then it was taken out of private school. So it was all those kids put into a big, huge, large gym, and that's where they took the test. And she said it was just such a weird environment for her and, you know, that whole thing. Now, this time, the environment, again, was at a, a local school tons of kids when we pulled up, you know, really early in the morning. They kind of shuffled them all off to these classrooms. The test starts at eight. It didn't finish till close to one. You know, just an environment that she's not used to at all. So put all that on top of the stress of taking the test, you know, it's just a lot. And so when she got in the car, she was a little bit, um, disappointed. You know, she wasn't like, yeah, I think I did so great. She was just like, I don't know. I, I, you know, I have no idea. And she said some was easy, some was hard. And part of me feels like after these things that if the test score comes back good, then hooray, that's a reflection on us or really on me as her homeschooling teacher. And if the score comes back poorly, then woe is me. I failed her. And that's a reflection on homeschooling and on us. And Then I say, Satan, get behind me, right? Get out of here. Get these thoughts out of my mind. Because that's what I was thinking that day. It was like, you know, that this test score is going to tell us if we were successful or not. And guess what? I know without a doubt in my mind that God called me to this journey. Did I do it perfectly? Absolutely not. Could I have done better? Of course, anything in life we can because we have hindsight, right? But this is the path that he put us on. And this is the way it went for her, right? And there were times where we followed God wholeheartedly. And there were times where we took our eyes off of him a little bit. But did we always get back on the path and follow him? Absolutely. Are we still on the path following him? Absolutely. So I look at the test and I, and I said this to her and I've said this to myself, Her worth and our homeschool success is not defined by that test. She is not defined by that test. Our homeschooling journey is not defined by that test. There is so much more to our homeschooling journey than that test could ever show. And I know what she is capable of. She is capable of so much. She's independent. She is ambitious. She is really ambitious. She has work ethic that is so strong. She has much more energy than I'll ever have, right? She loves to be busy. I don't. (laughs) She loves to have a full calendar. She is 100% always looking out for others, putting others first. You know, there's all these qualities and things that to me are so much more important than that test. And her success is not measured by a test. And our homeschooling journey is not measured by that test. 
Could we have done better in algebra and math? Yes. Could I have done better teaching her to write a better essay? Maybe. Yes. Could we have spent more time on all the grammar rules? Yes. When I look at life, are those the things that matter most? No. And I said to her, even if, now she doesn't even need the SAT for what she wants to do. Like the college she wants to go to does not require it. Um, She has the option of going to community college, which also does not require it. She can even take a gap year if she would like and work and get some experience while taking classes online. And obviously that wouldn't require the SAT right now. So it's not like I said to her, if you don't get a certain score, all of your plans fall apart. I also said to her, if you get a low score or if you don't get into the college that you want to get into, then that is God's plan. He's shutting the door. You don't belong there. And we don't want to be outside of his will. We only want to be in his will. So no matter what the test score is, it's okay. We're in God's will because we're going to keep on, you know, our, keep on with our eyes focused on him, fixed on him, and not on the things of this world. Life is about so much more than this SAT. So there's my little rant about the testing. And, you know, I know there's people out there that this is like the be-all, end-all, and this is the stress, and this is the thing, and they're worried about academics, and what will everybody think? And if I could tell you one thing after looking back over 13 years, look at your child. Look at your child. Look at them, not their test score, not their grades. Yes, you want them to get good grades and do well and excel, but you want them to be following God first. And if they're following God, they're going to do their best in school that they can. And for some, their best is going to be a 4.0 with, you know, perfect scores in everything. And for some, their best is not. It might be that they don't um, get the perfect grades, but they succeed in the things that God has called them to do. You know, that's what this journey is about, I told my daughter, that we are fulfilling the purposes that God has set before us. And so when people say, well, what does she want to do? I'm just saying now, we're following God. I don't know what she's going to do in life, but God does. So we're going to follow him. So that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned. Do I still have to talk myself down, you know, sometimes off a wall or whatever it is when I'm like, oh no, we should, you know, throw in the towel for homeschooling. I failed them. I mean, even now this week planning our school, sometimes I think, wow, I really messed up. I, maybe I'm not doing right with this, you know, uh, math or history or whatever it is. And then I just have to get on my knees and say, God, this homeschooling, this homeschool is yours. These plans are yours. Help me to stay focused on you. So that's what I've learned. Our methods over the years have changed in the academic sense, but our main purpose and our main method is to follow God. And if you're following him, you can't go wrong. Whether you choose Charlotte Mason style, whether you choose unschooling, whether you choose traditional online, as long as you're following him, that's the most important thing. And you're seeking him and his guidance in everything you do. As long as you've taught your kids to know his word, they are going to be equipped for life. And life is about so much more than the college that you get into, the career path that you choose. It's about following God and glorifying him. The career path that you choose, as long as you are following after him, he's going to set you on that path. 
the college that you choose, if you're following after him, he's going to set you on that path. So our methods have changed, like I said, over the years academically, but they will never change in that we are going to keep following God. Now this year, things are going to look a little bit different for us as well, because every year for 13 years, this will be our 13th year, on Tuesdays, we are out of the house to go to a fine arts program, and that's an all-day program. And this year is the first year that I will not be going. So it's a program where they have teachers. It's not like a co-op where you teach. They have higher teachers, but the parents stay all day because somebody needs to be there with the child. So my husband now teaches at this program, so I don't need to be there. And my youngest son has decided he doesn't want to go. This is going to be the first year. So this is a huge change for us in our homeschool where number one, I won't be out on Tuesdays. And number two, I'm going to have one child to homeschool all to myself. I haven't had that since Grace, my oldest, was in first grade and how she's graduating because there was always another you know, child coming up. So it's going to be interesting, and I feel like we're going to be able to do a lot of things that he's sort of missed out on, being the youngest. You know, he's missed out on a lot of the field trips and the fun crafts and all that. <laughs> so I get to have my little do-over with him, and I'm excited about that. So that's a big change. Um, so our, our um, homeschooling over the 13 years, you know, the main lessons that I have learned have been not to take your eyes off of God, have been that academics are important, but God is most important. Um, is that your child will be okay as long as you are seeking after him, you know? Even the mistakes you make, you always can say, you know, this is God allowing this to happen for a certain reason? You know, I look back and there's many mistakes I made. But in the end, I look at the big picture and I see, okay, well, that was part of God's plan. Even the mistakes get redeemed for good. So as long as we're following after him, asking him to, you know, keep us, you know, from veering off that path to, to stay the course. We can't go wrong. I have learned over the years that my homeschool should not look like anybody else's. Like I said, in the early years, when I got the internet, that was the end of that. I started, uh, trying to copy everybody else's homeschool. And I just wound up very depressed. I wanted to throw in the towel that year. I did look at the local, um, Christian school, because I thought, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this. And so it's really important to put your blinders on when you're homeschooling and, and seek after God, not what everybody else is doing. I cannot say that enough. I know I say that all the time. When I'm speaking, when I'm writing, when I'm doing podcasts, follow after God, not what everybody else is doing. Your homeschool is not supposed to look like anyone else's homeschool. He created your family for a unique purpose, and that's exciting. You know, the, the purposes that he has had for us are not going to be the same as another family's. The only common purpose that we all have is that we should be glorifying God and that we should be following after him, right? But how we do that is going to look differently for all of us. So, do not copy anybody else's homeschool. Do not try to recreate that Pinterest perfect homeschool that you saw online because God has a unique plan for your family. One of the biggest things I've learned in our homeschooling journey is to be flexible, right? Every year we have had different seasons. We've had job loss. We've had 
death. We've had tragedy. We've had sickness. We've had joyful things, new babies moving. You know, we've had every kind of life circumstance in there. And that's all part of the education, right? That's life immersion education. My kids have learned so much more from real life situations than they ever have from books. And so that's why when I look at Grace and I say, okay, maybe the SAT score isn't going to be magnificent. Maybe I should have done better with this. Maybe she struggles with that. But I look at her overall as a person. Is she ready for life? 100% she is. You know, so these are the things that matter most. So if we can be flexible and let life get in the way, and when, you know, life takes us in an unexpected turn, see it as part of the journey. Don't try to make your child stay on that schedule when you're in the middle of like a life crisis, right? Sometimes it's okay to veer off the schedule, to put the schedule away and let life do the teaching. And, you know, there's a lot of time for the formal stuff and schedules and discipline, but there's also a lot to be learned that life doesn't always go according to plan and it doesn't always stay on schedule. So I think those are the kinds of lessons that are even more important than the measurable lessons of a test. What have you learned about homeschooling in your journey? I would love to hear from you. If you comment on the Facebook page or on the blog for this, uh, the webpage episode for this podcast, I'd love to hear what have you learned? How long have you been homeschooling? You know, what methods do you use? You know, um, how have things changed? For us, things have changed, but mostly for the better. You know, every year things change circumstantially. But our homeschooling has evolved with our life. So it has changed, but it has evolved with us. You know, there's been times of um, ups and there's been times of downs, but there's always that forward motion. You're on a path, you're on a journey. And what are, what is God teaching me through this journey? Our life has been completely changed through the homeschooling journey. I could go on and on for several episodes about all of those things. And I'm sure you're going to hear a lot about it this year, especially, um, you know, through the podcast, I'll be interweaving it in because homeschooling is about so much more to our family than academics. It has really become you know, a way of life for us. It's not our whole life. Don't get me wrong. It's not like taking over our life, but it is our lifestyle. It's our way of life. And it's really discipleship. It's about having our children with us daily so that we can train them up in the Lord. We can be a close-knit family because we've been together every single day and um, the lessons that are learned along the way. So as I approach the end of these years and we approach this 13th year, I am a bit melancholy about the whole thing, yet I am excited because I know that this is all part of God's plan for us. Looking back, I would never, ever in a million years expected to be yet still homeschooling, talking about it, podcasting about it, you know, traveling the country, speaking about it and writing books about it. But it has been truly the most amazing experience and I would never trade a second of it for anything, even the hard times. And that's one thing I've also learned that there are always going to be hard times. Expect them. Don't be surprised like when you have a bad day. Oh my goodness, I had a bad day. Expect them. It's part of the journey. Expect them and prepare for them. How do you prepare for them? By being a woman in the word, 
by being a prayerful woman, by taking everything to the Lord, you will be much better equipped for your homeschooling journey if you remember to be um, to be in the Word every. And if you remember, if you make that a priority, I should say, um, of your life. Because then you are equipped no matter what comes your way, whether it's in homeschooling or in life. So be prepared for the bad days. Expect them. Prepare yourself with spiritual truths. Know the word because that will equip you. When hard times come your way, you've got Jesus. You are prepared. And you will be um, in a much better place than I was in those early years when I took my eyes off the Lord and I was completely floundering. So be prepared. Don't be um, surprised when you have a bad day. Say, what is God teaching me today through this? What does God want me to learn through this? What is God teaching my children through this? There is so much more I could say. I'm going to have to save it for another podcast episode. Like I said, I'll be talking about this all year round, I'm sure, um, because we are just beginning this 13th year, and it's really having me you know, go through a lot of nostalgia lately and looking back. I just came across some pictures of... Um, our early years in homeschooling, and it just blows my mind to see where we have come from and what God has done. And I can only imagine what he'll do in the next 13 years. So thank you for listening today. Um, I am hoping that this would encourage you wherever you are in your homeschooling journey. If you have questions about homeschooling, never hesitate, or anything at all if you have questions about, but never hesitate to reach out to me over there in social media or at uh, my email, karen at simplylivingforhim.com. I would be honored to pray for you or to give you um, any advice that I can about the homeschooling journey. So thank you again for listening, and until the next time, I wish you blessings and joy.